Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate wickedly smart women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we are joined by our very special guest, Jen Spiegel. Jen is a certified health coach, certified life coach, and business and lifestyle mentor, and is here to help you rise. She has been building babies and businesses for 18 years. In 2003, she left her corporate marketing career to be a stay-at-home mom. While she loved being home with her kids, she had a burning desire to set goals and create the life of her dreams. The voice in her head was too loud to ignore. She decided to jump into entrepreneurship, which has created multiple seven-figure businesses, memories made all over the world, and radical responsibility for how she spends her days. Welcome to the show, Jen. Thank you so much. Thank you. I love the end of that because it reminds me to take that radical responsibility I have and I will continue. (laughs) Yeah, beautiful. You know, it's so funny when we are, you know, in the positions of leadership that we are. I know you are somebody who has become iconic and you help others becoming iconic. That radical responsibility is really, you know, the key, one of the major keys to that. And I love to take that word apart and say ability to respond right? The word responsibility, my ability to respond. So what I want to start with today, Jen, is I want to find out what inspired you to take the responsibility for your own life that you did back in 2003 when you left your corporate marketing career. Mm, That's a great question. I've not been asked before. So thank you for that. 2003, I had my first baby. So little Gracie was born and my corporate career had me on flights going all over the world. It was, it was an amazing career. I have to be honest. I I wasn't somebody who didn't like what I did. I loved my job. I had these little turquoise eyes staring back at me. And I honestly believed angel in my heart that I had to choose. I had to choose myself or I had to choose her. I hadn't yet found myself as a mom. So that's how I sort of saw it in my mind of Jen and thriving in a career and building herself that way. And in terms of title and finance and goals or Jen holding and caring for this baby. So I made the choice of her, which was the right choice. As we grew together, I started to really lose myself in the title of mom. I quickly became the sweatpant mom. I was in sweats all the time. I wasn't getting dressed anymore. I wasn't socializing as much. I was a very young mom. So my friends were all out building their careers and having a good time on weekends. And I was home with my daughter full time and not going out on the weekends because I couldn't. 
And I remember driving when she started talking, we were driving to the gym. I had gotten a job teaching spin classes just to get out of the house and do something in my day. And she said, mommy, where are all the cars going? And I said, well, I don't know. I think that one may be going to work. And, you know, I was playing a game with her and she said, no, no, no. All the mummies go to the gym and all the daddies go to work. And I remember literally wanting to halt the car. Like my foot wanted to press on the brake and pause the moment and just say to her little precious face, she had no idea that that's absolutely not what has to happen. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's not the role of the mommy or the daddy. And that really sparked something in me. That was a pivotal moment in my life where I thought, what if I could show my children? I'm now a mom of four. What if I could show them possibility versus fitting into boxes, sacrificing their desires, the lives they could live because they think they can't, they shouldn't, you know, they don't want to ruffle feathers. This is the way it's always been done. So I took that on and I took it seriously and it came through the form of entrepreneurship. But that really, that her little voice saying that to me changed my life. Mm. Well, thank you to her little voice, which was probably, she was channeling the divine inspiration right on through. Well, I want to talk to you about this idea of having to choose between yourself, your career and your kid, because it's, it's fascinating, Jen. I so often have guests on who reflect in certain ways parts of my own journey. And so I left my career in real estate back in at the end of 2002, 2003 as well. And my son was born a preemie mm. and I had no choice. I had to go back to work. At least I believed I had no choice. And after six years of trying to full-time parent and full-time mom, you know, job and, and all the things I reached a breaking point and also had a spiritual awakening. And as a result of that, you know, divorced his dad, left my corporate career in real estate and ended up coming home to be home. I wanted to be home. And I also believed in this false equivalency thing of you have to choose one or the other. So I too began entrepreneurship because I knew I was going to lose my freaking mind if I just did the daycare mom group. Not that there's anything wrong again with that phase, right? I just knew I needed more. And I actually carried this split into my entrepreneurship as well. So I'd love to hear how you navigated starting your own business, having now four children, and not carry this equivalency through in that journey, or did you? Well, first of all, congratulations to you for choosing you. It's not an easy thing to do. I too am divorced and I know all the things that come along with that and making big decisions in our lives and sometimes not favorable ones and sometimes favorable ones and things that are can leave a scar. And raising these babies and raising businesses is truly it lights me up on fire. I wake up every morning so excited for it. But I need to start this conversation with transparency because I have my now husband is the most supportive 
champion of me and our family. And I don't do this alone. So I have to be very clear on that because I know there's probably someone listening in who feels alone and, you know, will hear my story and go, well, that's nice for her. And it is nice for me, but that's a whole journey of how I got to this place. That wasn't easy, but I am here now. So I have support. However, it doesn't take away the mom guilt and it doesn't take away the entrepreneurial guilt. And it's a bit of a a dance I have daily. So what I've learned is the art of presence. I remember this mentor I had and she would talk to me and I would feel like I was the only person in the room. I remember how special that made me feel. And you could see the perimeter of people who wanted to talk to her and have her attention, but she didn't blink. She made you feel like there was nobody else that existed around her. And that taught me a life lesson. I remember thinking, I want to be that. I want to emulate that in my life. And how I practiced that was with my children and with my business. I thought, what if when I'm in business and and working and with clients or doing some marketing, whatever it is, it doesn't matter the task. What if I gave it my full presence, that I wasn't distracted by the things that are on the task list, the dinner that needs to be made, the laundry that needs to be done? What if I gave it my all so that when I gave my full presence to my children, I didn't have this feeling of always being half in, half out. I knew when I was in, I was fully in. And when I came out and was with the next thing, I was fully in. So presence to me has been one of the best practices I ever had. I don't bring my phone into my family. I leave it in my office. My phone doesn't go in my room. It gets plugged in in our washroom and it stays there so that I'm not tempted. Do I think about business when I'm with my kids? Yeah, I do. And do I think about my kids when I'm in my business? Yeah, I do because I am a woman and I have a lot in my life and I carry a lot and my heart is full. But I don't have as much guilt anymore because I'm doing things well. And a lot of us, when we are balancing, I think the word balance is such an unfortunate lesson. And really, it's something I really want to eradicate. We've been taught to find balance and there's no such thing. So what happens is we're constantly feeling out of balance in the search for the balance and we'll never win that battle. That's not ever something we will achieve because balance to me means that everything gets equal parts. My husband gets the same amount of time and attention that each of my four kids get. And my business gets the same time and attention that all of those people got. And my family, my my dad, my mom, how could I possibly accomplish that in a day? Mm. So I teach and I love to teach harmonious living, meaning that we live in joy and harmony and peace. And when we're with our family, we're with our family. When we're in our business, we're in our business. And rather than seek balance so that we always feel out of balance, we seek fulfillment and doing the best we can each and every day. Oh, beautiful. I love it. All right. So a couple things for our listeners that I want to underscore there. One of the things that we started this conversation with was about radical responsibility and being having the ability to respond. And 
a little piece, but it's it's sometimes those little elegant moves that make all the difference. A little piece that you dropped in is you don't bring your phone into your bedroom. You don't bring your phone into your family time. And I have that same practice. Like the bedroom is for two things. They both begin with S. One of them is sleep. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's my philosophy. That's it. Right. And so sometimes it is the tiniest choices that we make that allow for the harmonious living that you are describing. So I'd love to have you now maybe talk about a tiny choice that you might have made that allowed you to go from zero to seven figures. Like, was there a tiny choice along the way that you can instantly say to yourself, Oh, it was in making that tiny choice that made all the difference because mm -hmm. some of our listeners are entrepreneurs who may be plateaued at five or six figures and, and all they really need is that tiny choice. Yeah. The tiny choice for me from six to seven specifically was letting go of martyrism and pride. I do all things. I have it all on my plate. Oh my goodness, I feel so overwhelmed. All those stories and narratives of like pat me on the back, make me feel important. I just got tired of it. I could hear myself and I thought, boring. I mean, everybody says this. Is this getting me further ahead? I'd plateaued at multi-six figures for a very long time, a decade. And it's a it's great. It's something to celebrate. But I knew there was more. And I stopped being a martyr and I started hiring and delegating. I stopped trying to be great at everything. And I recognized my gifts and I delegated the things that didn't bring me joy. And that may not seem like a tiny decision, but it really was. It was just the separation from, I don't have to do all things. Even the story, maybe some of you can relate listening in of, but nobody can do it the way I can right? Like they don't do it the way I do. They don't put the picture up the way I want the picture up. And I think we pay attention to these things that really don't matter at the end of the day. It really doesn't. Mm -hmm. uh, we take sometimes everything far too seriously. So how can we let go of this martyrism and having to do all things and start inviting in support and delegation and help? Mm, beautiful. Well, we are already at the break. Wickedly Smart Women, we could use your help. We love the word help, asking for help. Let's exercise our asking for help muscles together, ladies. If you are enjoying this show and want us to stay on the air, please consider making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. We'd also like to ask you to share the show with your lovely lady friends who you think might benefit from our content. Help a gal out and let your sisters, mothers, daughters, friends, and colleagues know about the show so we can serve them too. I want to say a big thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. And to celebrate, we are now a seven-time award-winning show. We just won two additional awards back-to-back. And we are welcoming thousands and thousands of downloads from all over the world. We're going to shout out this week to our listeners in the Philippines, where one of my team members lives and is doing amazing work for me, Bolivia and Croatia. And we will be right back with Jen Spiegel. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by The Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? 
Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design, a life that is an extraordinary work of art? Angel B. Hartwell, the Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by women in transition, women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance, become clear on the value of their wisdom, and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life of shameless self-expression. Discover your wealthy life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. So we are back with Jen Spiegel and Jen is Jen from also known as Jen from Becoming Iconic. You can find out more about Jen by going to her Instagram, Becoming Iconic. And before we went to the break, we talked about this idea of losing your self-importance and your martyrdom and finding the place where your genius is best serving and letting go of all the other things. So Jen, let's talk about you not only making that decision, but discovering and and honoring what your unique, distinct genius is. Can you share with us the process that you went through internally to finally actually value at the highest level what your genius was so that you could shed all of this other stuff? Hmm. So I am gifted, and I believe we all are actually. I suppose it's how tapped in we are and how willing we are. I was gifted with understanding my genius very early on since I was a little girl. And it's seeing people, holding space for people, and witnessing people. And and I really, it's something I know from my clients. It's something I know from the people around me. So if that's my genius and I know that, then I had to look in the mirror and say, what are energy leaks? What are things in my business that are potentially pulling me out of that genius. So things like trying to figure out technology. I have zero joy in technology, (laughs) but I did it. And I'm proud to say that I did it because I learned it and I, I could do it on my own if I needed to. But it was these things that were pulling me out. So it was like looking at these energy leaks, these places that felt daunting, felt like they were a bigger deal than they were. And I think it's really important about the question too, more than the genius is recognizing and acknowledging ourselves and our worth. So some of the things that can hold us back is this feeling of like, Ooh, I need to make more money before I hire. Or once I make such and such dollar amount a month, then I will get the support and help. And so we're always waiting for the proof We're always waiting for our business to show up for us first before we show up for it. And it's just not how it works. Growing multiple seven-figure businesses, I can tell you right now, with it's the best advice I'd give anybody, is you've got to go first. You've got to take those leaps, build your belief and do things before you're ready so that the business can catch up to you. It's just how it works. So that was one of the big turning points too, is recognizing my zone of genius. So being with people and being with my clients and connecting and building partnerships and relationships, that's what I love to do. That's what I want to do. What are the things pulling me out of that? But the next layer was, oh, I'm going to invest money 
And I am worth that investment. My mm-hmm. business is worth that investment and taking that leap even before I may have been ready. Yeah, beautiful. Well, what's interesting here is if you're really listening below the surface, two things. Number one, before we went to the break, we talked a little bit about presence, right? Mm -hmm. And ultimately what you're saying here, your genius is actually presence. Your genius is holding space, seeing and witnessing people. And you can't do that if you're not present. Like it's the same thing, right? So you bringing your presence is what is the genius here. That's number one. The second thing is this whole piece about the energy leaks that people get caught up on and stumble on. And I will raise my hand and say, I'm one of those people who has done that myself. And this idea of going first so that the business catches up with you rather than having the business show you the income. The truth is the business is trying to show you the income, but it can't because the energy leaks have created a colander. It's like Mm. a colander right? It's like, you know, you put the spaghetti in the colander and all the water drains out. Well, the water that's draining out is the cash flow you could have if you blocked those leaks. You don't have a container if there's energy leaks that will allow for the money to come in and stick. Mm. And so I think it's just a really important thing to underscore there that When you're making an investment, it's not that you're making an investment to make more money. You're making the investment to allow for the money that's already there to be showing itself to you and coming into your business that it can't do while you're off figuring out your technology and stuff. Got it. You got it. Great. Well, let's talk then about more than one. I mean, like you've done it multiple times. What inspired you to do more than one? And how did you land ultimately here at Becoming Iconic? We are multifaceted and we do fall into the illusion that we can only do one thing well. That even played out with my role as mom or or career, right? I mean, we just, it's like pick a lane and don't put all, you know, put all your eggs in one basket. I, I would hear all this advice and I wasn't discerning. For the longest time I was successful and I was successful because I have ridiculous work ethic. And so my first business was built on sheer sweat equity. I worked hard. I was raised in the hustle culture and I hustled. I hustled without balance. And when I say balance, I say that and you're like, but I thought there wasn't any, but I'm talking like it was non-existent. I hustled without any care for who you are and what you really need to be well. (laughs) 100%. I missed a lot. I gained a lot. I experienced a lot, but I think I believe looking back, I missed more than what I gained to be perfectly honest and, and truthful. So that business that grew there was built on sweat equity. And so to keep it there was going to be the same energy. And I didn't want to participate anymore. So it's still there. It's still multi six figure business. It's fantastic. It's a great business that I still run, but I I knew there was more to me. And there was a hum for a really long time, a really long time, this hum of there's more, there's more, but I fell into then shame. How could I want more when I I'm literally living the life people pray for. Mm. 
people are are doing everything for. I've got this. I'm traveling the world. I'm home with my children. My husband's home with the children. We're raising them together. You know, there's financial abundance. I I've got everything. How could I want more? And it hummed, it hummed, and it actually ended up coming in a physical manifestation where I hemorrhaged. And that hemorrhage was a really spiritual, beautiful thing that happened, which is a funny thing to say when you're hemorrhaging, because it's certainly not beautiful. But I had what I believe was an earth angel come into my room. I don't know her name. I've never seen her since, but she was a doctor and said, I don't think this has anything to do with medical. I think your body needs to release something. And I think you are creatively stifled. And this is all for you to do something on the inside. And she turned around and she left. Again, I have no idea who that was, but she sparked in me this this level of discernment to sit and ask myself questions and ask myself truths. So I did something brave and I stood up and I thought, I'm going to do something again, and I'm going to do it in a different way. And I'm going to show that you can build something again. And I'm going to show that you can do it with paying attention to all the other beautiful aspects of our lives. And I knew that becoming iconic was going to be the name. It kept dropping in because it's the art of becoming. It's the commitment of becoming. And an iconic could mean you're an iconic stay-at-home mom. You could be an iconic podcaster. You could be an iconic daughter. It doesn't matter what it is, but it's the pursuit of becoming and every single day improving upon ourselves. And I thought, I'm going to be that living example. Mm. And I launched it in 2020 and it has been an incredible journey, so rewarding. And I I continue to live it. Mm. Beautiful. I love it. Well, it's funny. I've actually been titled an icon twice. Once I was an icon of influence through the New Media Summit, which is what got me started in the podcasting space, Steve Olsher's first New Media Summit. I started my first podcast and subsequent to that, he's hosted multiple New Media Summits and asked me to be an icon of influence, I think seven times. And then I was called an icon in the new icon movie back in 2015, I think, or 2016 from my friend and artist and guest on this show, Laura Hollick. So the iconic journey is a beautiful journey. And what I want to hear from you now, Jen, in the last couple of minutes that we have is, you know, you shed the hustle, you shed the shame, you've increased your discernment, and you are consciously choosing this journey, the becoming journey, becoming iconic through embodying your genius, which is presence. So in the last minute or so that we have, is there anything you would like our listeners to know about this journey of becoming iconic? It's that if we wait for the feeling first, we'll be waiting forever. We're not going to feel iconic and then become iconic. We're not going to feel successful and then become successful it's the walking into, it's the stepping into the arena and feeling like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not sure. What if it doesn't work? And doing it and allowing the feeling to grow through the action. Because if we wait for the evidence, we're always waiting for something outside of ourselves for validation, for evidence, for proof. I say to people, what if you get to be the proof 
So rather than having something proved to you, you step up, you become the example, you become the evidence, you do the very thing that is tapping on your heart. And by stepping into that, you will start to feel confident. You will start to feel iconic. You will start to see the change you're making. You will start to see the difference you're making. And there will be people watching that you least expect. And because of your courage, they will do something audacious in their life too. So we've got to stop waiting to feel ready. I feel like so many people are standing there waiting to be ready. I don't know if, I don't know, maybe I I think you and I share probably a similarity in this where I don't know if I've ever felt fully ready for anything. I didn't feel fully ready to become a mom. I didn't feel fully ready to have four kids. I didn't feel fully ready to marry. I didn't feel fully ready to get divorced and feel fully ready to get married again. Like none of those things were like concrete. It was just this faith, this knowing, this trust. And in doing those things, my life has unfolded beautifully. So that would be one thing that I would love to leave people with, because if only we took more courage, we acted in more audacity, and we started to see the capacity we hold, what could be possible? Mm, Beautiful. Well, we have got to go on that high note. Listeners, we do love feedback. Please let us know what you think of today's show by calling into our listener line. We'll have that for you in the show notes. Go check out Jen at Becoming Iconic on her Instagram. You can also send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. Thanks for tuning in. Keep your ears open and remember you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.